far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a... Josh Cohen and home team. You're listening to Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina, delivered by Brightline. Live life on the bright side. This is ESPN 1063. Because every single day above ground is a good day. It is the home team in the HOV lane, and we are live from Las Vegas, Nevada, for a couple of great reasons, including UFC 276 Fight Weekend, International Fight Weekend, and we'll get to that in a sec. And my friends are getting married, but as Tina likes to say, let's do this. And we shall, on a Thursday weekend kickoff edition, shout out to Flying Walmart, a.k.a. Frontier Airlines for getting us safely from Miami to Las Vegas. If you guys ever imagine what would happen if a Walmart Supercenter took off and flew at 35,000 feet, <laughs> that was my Frontier flight last night. <laughs> wow. I, uh, I, I feel like I can just picture that. I, I tweeted out at Josh on air. I keep forgetting my Twitter account at Josh on air. Uh, I tweeted out, I have an idea for a cage fight tournament. You get passengers from the Spirit Airline flight, <laughs> and then you make them fight passengers from the Frontier Airline flight. And then the winners get 50% off of their $29 ticket um, home from prison. Because on both airlines, it feels like 35 to 50% of the people on the flight are flying home with a personal item. They didn't pay for a check bag. They didn't pay for a carry-on. So they're afforded one personal item. And some of these people have like a trash bag with clothes in it. And I think they're coming home from prison. Stone Lebanowitz, correct me if I'm wrong, that might be the target demo of both of those discount airlines. I, mean, I think that's a beautiful representation of Frontier, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like if you have face tattoos, Frontier like gives you a discount because I want to say easily 75% of my flight, not that I'm judging anybody. I mean, I got tattoos on my body. We know on my neck, Stone's got them all over the place. We're not judging anybody, but face tattoos, I think at like a 30% discount on Frontier. It felt that way last night. Yeah. If you take a poll of people who have face tattoos, what airlines they've flown on, it's Frontier and it's Spirit. It's none of the others. For sure. We got big breaking news from the National Basketball Association. Listen, man, uh, this just in, and it is always an exciting time of the year in NBA free agency. It's always an exciting time of the year in NBA free agency. But before we even get into that, Stone Lebanowitz, we got breaking news, and this is a major story on a major player. Yeah, man, Kevin Durant, the sniper, uh, he offered a trade, or I mean, he's asking for a trade to get out of Brooklyn. Let the chaos begin. Two hours before free agency actually kicks off, Kevin Durant just took a whole gallon of gasoline and poured it right on the fire. Chaos is about to begin. Yeah, and he's making this happen. All right, so there's your breaking news. Kevin Durant, who is in the midst of a four-year deal with four years remaining, excuse me, on the Brooklyn Nets deal, he has $44 million due this year, and he called the owner of the Nets and asked for a trade. His representation is currently working with the Nets organization and Sean Marks to try and make this happen. They do not want Kevin Durant to be there unhappy, and they know that he is of maximum value. They'd probably like to keep him, but that doesn't seem realistic. And obviously, he is a player right now that is playing at the peak. He's one of the top 
two players, three players in the entire National Basketball Association. He's 34 years old. The most similar uh, trade comparison that people are coming up with, and I agree with this because I remember, I remember when this happened, is probably Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he went from the Bucks to the Lakers, meaning you've got a transcendent generational talent that's an NBA top 50 and top 75 and probably top 30, and he, at the peak of his powers, says, I've got years on my deal. I want to go somewhere else. Can you guys make this happen? And that's exactly what seems to be happening. So let's look at the Brooklyn Nets. Within the span of nine months, they lost James Harden. They lost... they're about to lose Kyrie Irving potentially and Kevin Durant how surprised are you Stone that this is happening in real time because it's not a surprise to many inside the league that Durant was going to ask for a trade but the timing of it and that he said you know what let's make this dramatic let's uh, let's drop this right two hours before the uh the actual trade uh, deadline begins. That is interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, it's super interesting, and it, 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 what makes it even more interesting is the fact that Kyrie opted in to his $37 million, what, two, uh, two days ago? So mm-hmm. it, uh, once he opted in, it was, okay, they've come to an agreement. Kevin and Kyrie have agreed to continue this run well, in According Brooklyn. to sources inside, including ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Durant and Kyrie had not had contact wow. since. Uh, they haven't in contact with the Nets organization since Irving uh, opted in for that $36.5 million opt-in year, which he agreed on Monday. So we don't really know. But what we do know is that Kyrie Irving isn't as committed to winning as Durant is. The Nets organization right now appears to be in tremendous disarray they have one of those situations where it looks bad from every angle they are going to get tremendous trade value for kevin durant they are going to get a haul whoever and whatever they receive they become immediately a contender in the eastern conference where kevin durant goes it's what's fascinating because he has a wish list he signed a four-year deal that's worth almost 200 million dollars i think it comes in at like 198 199 yeah 196 yeah it was four years 198 million i think uh last year so those terms still remain he's due the 44 million this year as i mentioned um kevin durant is going to get a whole bunch in return for his value so the nuts will be okay but it just doesn't look good for an organization where it doesn't seem like, you know, I mean, let's not forget, before the season began, they were the betting shortest odds in Las Vegas, here in Las Vegas, to win the NBA title. They had the shortest odds, and they won zero playoff games. Yeah, They I won mean, zero playoff games. Even when the playoffs started, they were still plus 250, the shortest odds out of every team in the field. It was super weird. Super duper weird. Uh, we know he has a short list of where he'd like to yep. go, but you know, wishes are great, including our Heat and the Phoenix Suns and mm. a couple others. We, wishes are great, but it's got to make economic sense. And for that to happen, the Miami Heat would have to take two stars, two stars, and send them to Brooklyn, and they'd both have to have um, you know trade clauses where they're allowed to be traded. So you're talking about Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. You're, I mean, you're, that's the value you're talking. Tina, you understand, we're not talking about a player. It's not like your boy Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. You're talking about the two guys who are your heat, like biggest stars. They would have to be part of a package to Brooklyn, and the economics just don't make sense. Yeah, and that that's scary. I don't want I I don't want the heat to like break up and do that. I don't <laughs> like up. that. I mean, it, it's similar to a breakup, but if the trade is to Miami, 
Bam actually can't be involved because him and Ben Simmons are both actively on their rookie extensions, and right. per CBA rules, they're not even allowed right. to in, be included in that. So if right. it's Miami, I, I can see it being Hero, Duncan Robinson, Struess, and three first. That's one that I've seen out there through social media and Nobody just everybody knows. reporting for everybody blue check mark. But that's you're but right. Let's be honest. Nobody the, knows, right? But let's be honest. The Brooklyn Nets. It's a little bit embarrassing the way all of this has played out. The way the trade worked out. The way the the Harden thing worked out. The way the Irving thing has worked out. He didn't want to come to work, and then he was going to work some days, and he wasn't vaccinated, which is fine. But then he was missing games he could play because he wanted to go to city council meetings the whole thing looks bad there's no way in my mind that they are going to trade kevin durant in the eastern conference for equal value to to send him to miami who is obviously a contender as they were a game seven you know i mean they were a missed jimmy butler three away yep. from the nba finals yeah, let's not forget i mean the, the shot he had a good look it didn't go and life goes on but the Brooklyn Nets are going to want more than even value. In other words, they're not going to give you four quarters and your dollar bill. If he's going to the Eastern Conference, the Nets are going to say, we need six quarters, and then you can have our dollar bill. Yeah, and, and I think with the caliber of player Kevin Durant is and generational talent, the, the deal's not going to make sense. It's going to be insane. And, and if you were to try to predict it, you're going to end up being wrong because with four years left on his contract— Teams are going to unload their players' assets, whatever it is. We might see something astronomical. You mentioned that this one was tied to Kareem, or similar to Kareem going from the it, Bucks it is. to L.A. It's, it, it's a similar comparison yeah, it in is. that you've, you've got someone who's a great player, a proven player, a champion at that stage of life and career, mm-hmm. and they're still at the peak, and, and they are in the midst of being traded with all that comes with that, which is great. For them. sure, for sure. But but if I had to compare what's happened recently, I think it was with Anthony Davis going to L.A. Like they unloaded the boat to get him in a guy that was just touching his prime. Are you are you trying to compare Anthony Davis to Kevin Durant? As, I know I know that as, you like to reach. I know that I know that you sure. like to go. I know you like to go and you like to have takes and reaches that are maybe no one else thought of. You're comparing Anthony Davis yeah, the, to Kevin Durant. I, I am, and and I think it's oh going to end up God. being the dollar amount and picks that are given. It's going to be a similar deal because Rob Palenka and with LeBron James involved, it didn't matter what happened to that team. They imploded that Lakers team more than I think uh, the Bucks did when they were involved with Kareem. So I'm not comparing those two players, but I'm comparing the the ins and outs of what this deal is going to look like. It's going to be similar to the summer of 16. Kawhi left, AD left, and everybody was just bouncing around, flying around. But I think the dollar amounts and the picks given away are going to be eerily similar to when AD Once was again, brought over to L.A. All right. Once again, if you're just joining us, it is JC and the HT. Dean Thomas is out here with the day off. I'm in Las Vegas. Tina in Stone Lebanowitz back in studio. The big breaking news, Kevin Durant has called the owner of the Nets today and asked for a trade from the team. According to sources inside, the general manager of that Nets organization is working with Durant's business representation to make this happen for him. Remember, Durant still has four years on this deal. It was a four-year deal, rather. He's got three years remaining on this deal um, that was worth almost $200 million. He's due, I believe, $44 million this year. Yeah, um, and has of course that no trade clause, so he can decide um, the, the deal that he wants. If in fact they come to some 
uh, agreement with some other teams. Uh, NBA free agency always gets fun, but normally there's a player and we're guessing where they're going to go, where's he going to choose. And uh, this year we didn't really get one of those, but instead we got will Kyrie stay or go, mm-hmm. and now we get where will KD wind up if, in fact, it gets done. There's no guarantee it gets done, but let's be honest. They're not going to trade Kevin Durant to somewhere he doesn't want to be. You guys understand that. 100%. Right. They're not going to, and it's not because, oh, Kevin, we, we want you to be happy. The Nets don't give a bleep about that. The organization knows if Durant wants to be there or not. So if it's Memphis, they know whether or not Durant wants to be there. And if it's a place that they know he doesn't, they're not giving up the farm to bring in a guy who doesn't want to be there. Bingo. People have to understand, this is strictly business. And it's not, hey, you've been good and we appreciate your patience. Let's make you happy. That's no, 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 no. That's not Manu Ginobili uh, a year after the Spurs can't use him anymore. (laughs) This is Kevin Durant. In this circumstance, where he's not a lifetime netter, he's been there for two years, right? What's it been, two years? Three yeah. years? Yeah. So, so we're talking about a situation of it's got to make sense for two parties. And it's the Nets accepting what the other organization is willing to give and the other organization thinking, yep, Durant wants to be here. We're assured of that. We'll give up the farm for him. Yeah. Because this is that kind. That ca- I don't have to tell this audience. You guys understand who Kevin Durant is. He is a top three player in the league right now at 34 as a champion. And he immediately, wherever he goes, their odds go to second or third shortest to win the NBA Finals. Stone, you were saying. No, I was saying to your point about giving up the farm and having a relationship and doing business the right way, that's why I think Phoenix makes the most sense because of the DeAndre Ayton stuff. DeAndre Ayton wants out the door. That relationship in Phoenix is broken, and that's a big piece the Nets are absolutely willing to obtain. what does their cap look like? What does their cap look like yeah. what 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 space do they have for durant and his deal what else people forget the economics the players you know we go like that's fair trade that guy says he wants out he wants in great but at the end of the day you still got to plug in the numbers and if they don't fit they just don't fit yeah i don't think they're going to fit and that's what i mentioned earlier like this one's not going to make sense to us like one team so we just saw um dejounte murray from San Antonio, get traded to Atlanta. And Atlanta right. gave up two unprotected picks. Now, right. that's going to come back to bite them and, and, and to anybody who has a brain. That doesn't make any sense, and you never want to do that. And, like, people are questioning why that decision was made. And I think the same thing is going to happen, whether it's Phoenix, whether it's Miami, whether it's a Dallas Mavs. I think the Mavs have a shot at this. I think Katie would love to team up with uh, Luka Doncic. So, but I, I don't – I think they're going to give up – they're, they're going to yeah. give up their ass. They're, they're yeah. going to expose themselves just to get this guy KD. Who the Nets are, or whoever it is that is Phoenix, I mean, Miami, or Dallas are the only ones realistically that I can see making this thing happen. Um, again, the economics have to make sense. What yeah. is interesting is that inside uh, word is that once Kyrie opted in, KD and Kyrie had no contact. Meaning Wild. that tells you that when Kyrie said, "Yeah, I want to stay," that's what triggered Durant to say, "I want to go." Because if Durant wanted to go all along he would have let the organization know and they would have worked on this sooner he was probably expecting irving to opt out or at least hoping and so the plan was well here's what's going to happen if irving leaves i'm staying and if he stays i'm going and that's why the and you say well how do you know that because look at the timing of how these pieces play out right you don't wait the earlier that you subject or submit your request 
the more that teams can make things because right now agents are going crazy and front offices are going and the cap people are going nuts and they're like how do we make this work and when you have a couple days notice you have the ability to put feelers out and it's like what happened in baseball with freddie freeman what we just saw happen with him there was a miscommunication between his representation and the atlanta braves in negotiating and their uh, efforts his agency um failed he wound up going to the Dodgers, getting the money that with deferred money is going to wind up being less money than he could have got to stay in Atlanta, which is what he wanted to do all along. And what happened was once the Braves assumed, well, I guess the Dodgers got a deal that's beyond where we're at. We're out. They went and got another cat and it was game over. And so much like the situation here with Durant, this clearly tells us that he was going to stay If Kyrie was leaving, and when he found out Kyrie was staying, he said, yeah, I got to go. There's no other way to look at this. You're absolutely right, and I think it is eerily similar as far as management and agents handling their players to the Braves and the Dodgers and how business got done. Because we heard Doug Gottlieb, he he said that Casey Close, Freddie Freeman's agent, did not tell Freddie that Atlanta re-offered and matched what L.A. was giving them, and that's the whole kind of... The, the whole right. gist of what happened there, and I think it's similar. Who's telling if, – if Kevin and Kyrie Irving are not in contact, who's telling them what they were offered, why they're opting in? I think that's where the whole message got misconstrued, and, and if they're not contacting each All other, know then is, they're just doing their own thing. Yeah, if, if Durant wanted out regardless, we would have known earlier. It For wasn't sure. until Kyrie opted in that then he decided he wanted out. Mm. This is one of those days that you bring in the guy that knows from the inside out, the longtime host between the hours of four – to six, actually, four to six for a while. Then it was five, six to seven, five to six. Evan Cohen, who you hear at five fifty-five Eastern Time, joins us on the home team. This is one of those days, Evan, that you live for, where it's, there's chaos and there's mystery and there's intrigue, and you get to guess what might happen, and you get to guess what did happen and why it did. How excited are you to have this bombshell drop today? I love it. I mean, it's all of us, right? I mean, you guys love it too, yep. right? I mean, like this is this is so much fun. I mean, Stone was texting me earlier, and I, you know, and I feel bad that I'm taking his spotlight. Okay, I'm over that now. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, Josh. I mean, this is this is what you dream of. You dream of the chaos with all of this kind of stuff. And while it's chaos to us, not because we forgot about the Kyrie and KD stuff. I actually, and this may sound weird, I don't think this is surprising, chaotic, or um, stunning to the Brooklyn Nets, and I'll no. tell you why. You're right. Brian Windhorst, who's phenomenal, who obviously people hear on ESPN 106.3 all day and on the ESPN app on the Hope Collective podcast, he's been saying exactly what is going to happen this whole time. It's just yep. we stopped not believing him, Josh, but we stopped paying attention to it when Kyrie opted in. Because what he said was, well, this thing is not over. And the Nets are prepared to lose both of them. So I don't think as we sit here right now, the Brooklyn Nets at all are surprised by this. And I think they are probably really ready to go and know exactly what everyone's offering them. I agree. Evan Cohen joins us on the home team. Of course, you will hear him at 11.55 for a five-minute blast, and then again at 5.55 following us for another fresh five-minute blast. He's the NBA insider. He's the NBA guy. This is his wheelhouse more than any of ours, and you're absolutely right, Evan. The Nuts had three scenarios, and that scenario one was both guys leave. Scenario two was that guy leaves. Scenario three was that guy leaves. I don't think they believed that both were returning. Do you think they 
believe that both were? I feel like they didn't. They couldn't have. Probably for a moment the other day, because according to everybody I've talked to, and I'm not saying I have people inside the net, I'm just saying other media members that do this also for a living, um, they've all said that the Nets didn't know that Kyrie was opting in, right? So I guess what you're saying is, like, did they expect both of them back? I think they've probably gone, Josh, on the roller coaster on that one, because yeah. if they didn't know that Kyrie was opting in and he didn't tell them before the the um, the tweet by Sean Charania at the Athletics, the ridiculous, you know, the, um, the two chains I'm different line the other day or whatever, <laughs> like, I guess there was maybe a moment that they thought both of them were coming back. But I think generally, again, I want to I want to reiterate what you and I are in agreement on. Like, I don't think the Nets are surprised by this. I'll go one step further. I don't even know if the Nets are unhappy about this. Because if you were just to look at this in a vacuum and say, was Kevin Durant successful in Brooklyn? The answer is no. Kyrie Irving, we know, is a disaster. But it's not like, like, what do you think the Brooklyn Nets are losing? They're not losing anything. They're not like the hottest team in New York, right? That's the Knicks still, even though they stink. Hmm. They're not like irrelevant in terms of overall winning and losing. They never made it past the second round. I don't think, even though I love Kevin Durant, I desperately would want him on the beat. I think the Brooklyn Nets today are looking this as, oh my God, I can't believe we just lost this guy. And I'm going to be honest and fair, and I hate to say this, this is not similar to, to LeBron leaving the Heat, where it's four straight finals and two titles, no. and Riley was right. There was more left to do. They didn't do anything together. Yeah. So the Nets didn't, I mean, it may be embarrassing for a moment, but like, there's nothing tangible that they accomplished here. Yeah, this Nets organization, I mean, it's a bad look, of course, but they're going to get tremendous value in return. And they're not upset about the fact that they're going to get tremendous value from which you can start to put pieces. This experiment didn't work. This business model didn't work. This is Nets culture, which seems to be almost the diametric opposition of heat culture. So let's get Evan some better insight. Let me jump in on that, Josh. Sure, sure. Josh, let me just jump in on that if I could. And I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to point something out because you are right in what you're saying in the moment. But if we remember the Nets prior to KD and Kyrie, and listen, nobody sitting there listening to the home team or Kemba Vick Alive or me or anybody remembers the Nets pre-KD and Kyrie, right? But me as a loser remembers them. They they were all about the heat culture kind of stuff. They had these guys where you sit back, and I'm sure you probably won a couple of bucks on them, betting on the over and them to cover because you're like, I never heard of half these guys. They're winning a bunch of games. They, they were exactly what heat culture was, which is why KD and Kyrie were probably attracted to them. And then as soon as Kyrie arrived, he ruined it all. That was prime, they, that was prime Jared Allen era. And those boys, it was, they were all young and gritty. Andre Karolenko, AK-47. But I'm talking about that Nets uh, you know, plug-and-play. Remember the Paul Pierce trade and those guys came? Wasn't it Garnett yeah, and he? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so, so they have yeah. a history. The organization has, no matter who is GM, Sean Marks and prior to, they have a history of, well, let's see if this works. And it's not long-term goals. It's tr- see if this works now. It's that mentality that we saw the 2003-04 Lakers, where they had Carl Malone and Gary Payton and Shaq and Kobe and it was disastrous, and they got blown out by the rookie Detroit Pistons. We're off base. Evan, you're the expert on this. Um, as we look at Kevin Durant in this situation, obviously the Nets want to help him get out of there because if he doesn't want to be there, he'll want to be there. But an organization that's going to trade for him is going to give up a whole lot. 
who makes sense with the economics? Because at the end of the day, we can go through wish lists and that's all great. But you and I both know if the numbers don't make sense, it's not going to happen anyway. So who comes to mind for you right. since you understand these teams? No one knows these payrolls and understands them better than perhaps you and Pratik Patel. So give us a little insight, please. Evan. <laughs> the obvious the obvious reference is there. Um, yeah. Josh, you're a thousand percent right. Because what happens today is everybody driving around Palm Beach County and Treasure Coast is listening to the home team and they're like, I want, I want my team to get Kevin Durant. Cool. Who are you going to trade? I'll give you a second rounder. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that'll probably get it done. Right? So here's what you need to think about. And I, I tweeted about this at Evco Radio. Uh, I tweeted it earlier today, but it was from a tweet I, I sent on June 23rd, a week ago. Basically, Josh and Stone and Tina, you need to, um, you need to find a team that would be good enough to contend with Kevin Durant on the team if they were either to give up their second, third, and fourth best players and every single pick they have, or their best player and every single pick they have, right? Mm. So it can't just be, um, like if you think about it, like the Knicks for argument's sake, right? People think that if you go to the Knicks, he's not. If the Knicks give up R.J. Barrett, who's their best player, and they trade for Kevin Durant, right? That's not going to be how the trade would work. They're no. still not going to be good, even though Kevin Durant is there, right? If the Lakers trade LeBron for him, they're still not going to be good in that spot. So the list of teams that I put down, Boston, Miami, Phoenix, Memphis, you're going to be interested when I say this one, Golden State, Wow. Minnesota, Oh my. Minnesota, Denver, and New Orleans. All right. How would so Golden State make I sense? Actually, how, how could they yes, make that happen? Good. How could I'm they make Golden State follow. happen? With, with, Golden, Sal- with okay. Golden State's cap, how could that make sense? Who, who would basically have to go in your hypothetical? Because I love that. Right. I'm intrigued by that. Go ahead. Yep, and I, I would argue that would be one of the biggest stories in the history of sports if you went back there. Well, at least in the moment it feels that way. Um, <laughs> so what you would do is you would have to trade Andrew Wiggins, who, as we know, was phenomenal for the Warriors. As That's the salary piece of it. And then you would take every single young player that we all talked about a couple of weeks ago when we went to that place of imagine what this team's going to be in the future when all these guys hit. So that Jordan would Poole. be Jordan Poole. Yep. Jonathan Kaminga, James yep. Wiseman, and Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody, as Kendrick Perkins says, and Andrew <laughs> Wiggins. And by the way, if you give up picks in addition, that's a hell of a package, even for Kevin Durant, Josh. I mean, that's, that's five startable players for the next five years. That's amazing. What, what's, if, what's if Wiggins got sent back to Minnesota? And he's like, are you serious? This, really? <laughs> well, what, they made it a three-way deal in that? I, but I think when it's all said and done, I think the team that has the best shot of doing this is actually Phoenix yeah. because they could do it a few different ways. They could use DeAndre Ayton in the sign-and-trade. Now, he's got to want to go to Brooklyn the way to go to the way he would want to do that is just give him the most possible money that he could get. get. Mm-hmm. They have Miles Bridges, who's a great um, you know wing player out of Villanova on a good contract, and they have um, – they have Cameron Johnson, who I really like. He's a player out of North Carolina who's in his what, third or fourth year. I mean, they could definitely get it done. Memphis is a team that, you know, again, Josh, you have to take everybody outside of the best player, in essence, to get it done. So Memphis, in the case of John Morant, you leave him, but then Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Dane, Dylan Brooks, these guys are really good players. Now, let's get to the, the one that I know you want me to get to, which is the Heat, right? Mm-hmm. So. There is a rule that's a little-known rule, but i got to be honest, initially I, I forgot about it. So if there is a player on your team on a rookie-scale extension, now let me explain to people what that means. 
That means when the Miami, if the Miami Heat this offseason were to sign Tyler Hero to a rookie scale extension, that means they're signing him for more years prior to his contract being up. Okay? It's different than DeAndre Ayton, who was on his rookie contract with the Suns. His contract has now expired, and he's going to be signed to either the Suns or somebody else as a free agent. Am I making sense so far? I know this yes. is hard to follow in some cases. Totally. Okay. So, yeah, so you cannot have two of those guys on the same team at the same time. Uh. Now, why? I have no idea. But so the Brooklyn Nets right now have Ben Simmons on their team. The Philadelphia 76ers extended his contract prior to the expiration of it and then traded him to the Nets. If the Nets were to say to the Heat, we want Bam Adebayo for um, Kevin Durant, in theory, that trade could not happen because both Bam and Simmons are on rookie-scale contracts. So if if the thought is, how do you get Kevin Durant on the Heat, you either try to create a trade with the Nets without using Bam or Jimmy, good luck, or you try to create a three-way deal where Bam goes to another team and Durant to the Heat, or Simmons goes to another team and Bam to the Nets. Got it. So if people are thinking about the hypotheticals of, oh, the Heat could trade Bam on a bio, who we all know is great, but he's not Kevin Durant great, yeah. for Kevin Durant, well, no, they can't. Right. They cannot and, and- do that. Stone actually brought that up earlier. It's unbelievable. Stone had a valid point that you reiterated moments ago. Stone, you've validated yourself. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I'm still kind of hung- No, I'm still hung up on... Uh, are you going to lie? You're not going to lie. Are you Stone to Josh right now? No, I'm definitely not going to lie. I'm still kind of hung up on a the Suns starting no, three no, 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 miles no, 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 bridges. No, 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 no. It doesn't work this way. You're talking to two old heads who have been in the radio game for about 50 years plus combined. Stone texted me before your show asking for So his information about. is your information. He's Whoa. regurgitating your information. <laughs> yeah, he asked me. He literally just he he said to me. He and now to, to his credit, and I'm glad he thinks this way. To his credit, he's like, "Hey, I got a big opportunity that I'm going on with Josh." And I said that I, I laughed at him at first, saying, "You're an NBA guy now." He goes, "I got a big opportunity. Can you help me clarify something?" And so when, I mean, Josh, you know how to speak my language. When you value airtime, that's speaking my language. Yeah. And so he, he, was, he was sincere in that. So I was trying to help him get, you know, some ground on the show here and, and give you some stuff. Unbelievable. But now he's just pawning it off as his own. That, you can't do that. I, I, I wasn't pawning it off on my own, but I, I wanted to get this off. Yes, I'm, you were. I'm, I'm still. Stone. Josh what you should just, is- wait a minute. Stone. Josh, Josh was just praising you to the entire audience, to the entire fan base. For you having a point before me, and it was my point you used. <laughs> and, and I didn't, when, when, when you, okay, when, when you brought it up to me, I was forming another point. I didn't really hear what you said. I would have given you full the credit. And the, I, and the best part is, Evan, oh, I told yeah, him before. Too late on that. I texted text him before we went on. We got to go to break here. Evan, I texted him before we uh, began the show, and I said, I want you just to give the facts. No takes, no opinion, no hypotheticals. Right, I just right. want the, the facts, just the facts, and just people facts. And he comes out with all these takes and this insight, and it turns out it's yours. And doesn't credit you and incite you as the source in the first place. Josh, the first yeah. thing I said to you was this is a rule that I wasn't familiar with. So I added myself, but this dude yeah. was a rookie. Yeah, no, he's too big time. I mean, my yeah. God. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a it's a rule yeah, that clearly 
And, and he said, he goes, here's a rule that I've known for a while. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. <laughs> Evan Cohen, you hear him again at 5.55 this afternoon. He knows the NBA like nobody's business. Uh, Evan, thank you. Appreciate you greatly in the insight. This is going to be fun, hopefully, for a couple of weeks. Hopefully, hopefully, for at least a week. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time. We are late as hell. We're sorry. It's too bad. I'm in Vegas. They're in studio. It's the home team on ESPN 106.3. You're listening to Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina. Delivered by Brightline. Live life on the bright side. This is ESPN 106.3. And when we take the show on the road as I did, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, site of... UFC 276 on Saturday night as well. WWE Money in the Bank, which is happening simultaneously across the street. How about that? What a weekend for dorks. It's like a a huge weekend. (laughs) I mean, seriously. UFC fans, WWE fans across the street from each other Saturday night. It's enormous. Um, Speaking of uh, the show on the road being brought to you by Brightline, that's how I chose to get to Miami Airport last night. I got on Brightline couldn't be easier as you know you, you go we walk right through this little security point you check your bag for free if you got a big suitcase like i did it's the best way to get to marlin's games now because not only can you upgrade to premium and have yourself complimentary adult beverages and snacks on your way to and from and in the station but also uh, now they got complimentary shuttles that take you to Lone Depot Ballpark from Miami Central Station, which is exactly how I got from the Brightline Station to the airport. Who knew there was a complimentary airport shuttle? Did you know that, Tina? Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I get off the Brightline in Miami, and they're like, sir, there's a shuttle van if you'd like to go to the airport. I'm like, that's exactly where I'm going. Didn't need an Uber, didn't need a Lyft, boom, right in the little bus, dropped me off at my terminal. It's unbelievable. How unbelievable. convenient. Brightline, as you already know, is the best way to save your money by dumping the pump, the price of gas. Brightline, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Marlins game, stay to the very end, as I said, and there's a complimentary shuttle now, take you back to the station, to and from. GoBrightline.com, download the free Brightline app. If you've not done it, people don't understand. It's like flying business class, except it is a quick, I timed it last night, by the way. I got on the 548 train. Uh, do you know what time, how long it took to get to Fort Lauderdale? Tina, want to guess how many minutes from when we left? So I've taken the 48 trains before. Yep. And it's about, I'm going to say you got there around 7.28. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about from just, just to go right to Fort Lauderdale. Because a lot of people will go West oh. Palm to Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale to West Palm. And, you know, that drive can be a pain with traffic, and obviously. Um, 6.10. It was... No, it's not the speed of sound. It was, I think, 32 minutes total. 32 minutes from leaving Ooh. the West Palm Station to arriving at the Fort Lauderdale Station was 32 minutes. That's and by fast. the way, it goes by so fast. It's one episode of a show on Netflix. Uh, well, it's it's literally an, an episode and a half of The Office with no commercials. And uh, while, you, while you have no, no concerns about traffic and nonsense. GoBrightline.com. GoBrightline.com. Come. Last night, you kids drank a little bit of wine, I understand. Tina, feeling it this morning a little bit? I definitely felt it this morning. We definitely didn't drink a little. Well, we did. I don't know. We had little uh, little glasses that had uh, in samplings. And then you drank a lot of samples. You drank a lot of little samples. Yes. Yes. Stone Labanowitz, uh, you knew you were going on this wine tasting last night. 
Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try to be a, a, a big dog or anything. I think I'm still feeling it. I still feel a little weird and foggy. Finally, I've never felt like this before. After like 11 a.m., like the headache finally went away, but I was I was struggling this morning. Tina, you texted me this morning. You said wine headaches just hit different. Wine and ha- I could not agree with you more. Wine hangovers just hit so different than any other hangover because it's just, it's the headache. Like there's just this certain yeah. headache you get when you drink wine. And the you sulfates too much and wine. the phosphates. Oh, it is the worst. The worst. And when it lasts all day, it, it would ruin my day. I'm so glad that well, I finally felt better. appreciate that because it's ruining my day right now. <laughs> yes, I Stone Labanowicz, you drank a lot of wine last night. A lot of wine last night. I, but I, you were sober when you chose your outfit. That, <laughs> okay. Well, that much is true. Okay, yeah. so, Can so, we talk about your outfit, please? I know that it was tweeted out at KLV1063 and at Stone Labanowicz's Twitter account, which I don't know because I don't follow him. But yeah, I think I do. Literally doesn't. But I, I, I got asked, I got asked by uh, fans of our shows, yours, Ken Levick Alive, noon to two, home team, weekdays, four to six, um, what I thought of your outfit, if it was suitable, in fact, for a wine tasting. Now, it's not a wine tour. You didn't go to, you know, different wineries. <laughs> no. I'm from, I'm from Geneva, New York, which is the Finger Lakes. My city's a tough little city, but there's a lake. And on the other side of the lake are all these wineries now. And people take these uh, little party buses and they go to this winery and they sample these wines and they go to that winery. And that's how they, like bachelor parties are done that way now. It's crazy. But your outfit, people were asking me my thoughts on it. Please describe exactly what you were wearing. Paint that picture for this audience. So I was wearing a zip-up vest that had that Good Karma Brands, the company that we work for. It, it, it was a zip-up vest. And, puffer. And no vest. Puffer. Uh, snow. Uh, yeah, puffer a, vest. A, a puffer vest. And snow. when I had seen it hanging up in the closet, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a showstopper today. We're going for my first <laughs> wine tasting. I'm going to really show up. I'm going to bring the Napa Valley vibes. The office is going to love it. I'm going to wear pants and some You're nice gonna shoes. You're going to bring the Napa Valley, Napa vibes, Valley vibes on a 92-degree <laughs> South Florida day by wearing a winter vest, which, by the way... 98-degree day, probably. 98, 98-degree day by wearing not only a puffy winter vest, Mr. Showstopper, but also it had, um, it was also stitched, it was embroidered with a corporate logo. Not not North Face, not LLB, not some brand, but basically a company. Like, like it could have said Walgreens if it worked for Walgreens. Yeah, it said Good Karma Brands because you work for Good Karma Brands. Yeah, he took it out of the promo closet. Yeah, I found it. It, it, it <laughs> had, found it, it had to have been it. like eight or ten years old. It, I had to wash it like twice before I even put it on. But Did I, you really find it in the, in the prize closet? Yeah, when me and another teammate of ours, Cyrus, were cleaning it out a month ago and getting oh. everything situated, I was like, whoa, this is, this is a gem. I could wear this in keep? South Florida. Because we, we know that you, you're from Rio, and that's yard uh, sale capital oh, of the southeast. Damn right. Um, how much stuff did you take out of the prize closet to take home with you so you could sell it? Probably. Well, not to sell it. I'm going to wear it, but probably like a month's worth of clothes. Like, Unbelievable. The, the day before, on Wednesday or Tuesday, he was wearing this Heineken soccer shirt that he also got out of the promo closet. Yeah, my favorite ones are the Dean Thomas UFC ones. They got to be from 2002. It's like John Jones for something Machida. You got Randy Savage on there, and I've been rocking those at the, Randy at the Savage, the, the wrestler? Not boy. Randy Savage. Um, Rashad. <laughs> Uh, Rashad Evans? Evans. Rashad Evans. How about Wait. Tina with the Evans? Tina knows her MMA. She, she does. She does. Tina should be out here with me. But I, I she could. could. Yeah. Okay. But uh, <laughs> Stony, you. Uh, so basically, you're dressing now like a uh, like a like a like an earthquake victim in Honduras. That's <laughs> just wearing random things that were donated. That's very accurate, actually. But <laughs> as far as the embroidered Good Karma brands, I was like, okay, when somebody walks into a winery and he's got a company on his chest, like this guy's this guy means money. 
Like this guy works for somebody. This <laughs> tell guy us does, about your tell us about your pants and shoes. This guy and does shirt, something. Please. We got the vest part. Tell us about the shoes. So the, I, the pants. Right. I had khaki pants on, and then I put on my. Were bra- they pleated? Were there pleats in these khaki pants? <clears throat> I don't think so. No. I don't think they were pleated. They were folded, and they were a little wrinkly, but no big deal. I figured <laughs> okay, but, they they well, would iron out. Wrinkly later. part. The wrinkly part matters. But go ahead, continue. Yeah. And then I had these brown shoes on. They were pointed shoes, like their dress shoes, and I, and his socks were showing. And apparently, he my had socks, on bright white socks that were fully out. Of his shoe, you like could Bob see. Cousy, yeah, over here, literally like Bob Cousy. So I, I park on the sixth floor where we park, and the first person I see is Tina, and Tina says, "What the bleep are you wearing?" And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, well, this is off to a and, rough and start." Keep in mind, and keep in mind, she lives in Port St. Lucie. <laughs> yeah, so, so. <laughs> and, she, and I was like, "Okay, well, this is off to a rough start." That's not the reaction I thought I was going to get. <laughs> Whatever. So she's she's making fun of me the whole five minute walk to get in the studio. Well, then I walk into the office. And the first people that greet me are the three girls, uh, Courtney, marketing director, and Maddie, who also does mark. And I had to tell, I literally went to them, I go, you have to go see what Stone's wearing. And as soon as they lay eyes on me, they just start laughing at me. <laughs> oh, so, so now it's heartbreaking. It is. I'm over three. I'm getting made fun of. And everyone's yeah, but walking by. you have a girlfriend, by. and she's gorgeous, well, and she has great style. Oh, no. So no. Did she not approve of your outfit? She didn't know. She did not approve. She did no not she approve. Knew. So she, no she left yeah. for work before me, and I that called her, sense. and I said, babe, I, uh, I'm going to wear this. Like, what do you think? And I'm excited. And she goes, hell no. Like, please, please, please don't wear that. And I was like, come on. Are you serious? And I, like, showed her the mirror. I showed her pictures of myself in it. And she's like, just don't wear it. Like, please don't wear it. You look like an idiot. And I just went against the grain. I was like, they don't know what they're talking about. The office, everybody at the office <laughs> no, will love no, you're, it. No, Stone, you're absolutely right. They're all wrong. All eight of them are wrong. <laughs> and you're right. Eight different women for different opinions themselves from different backgrounds. They're all wrong. And you're right. <laughs> the only person who told me that I look good, and it wasn't like a, you look good. It was like, hey, man, you look nice, was Dave Druda. He walked in and was like, ah, they're all laughing at you out there, man. I think you look nice. And I was like, do you mean that, Dave? And he was like, yeah. And, and I could tell he didn't mean it. And I was like, you're good. You don't have to tell <laughs> me. Trying you up. Yeah, you're just trying to lift me up. I don't need you to tell me anything. It's all good, man. I'll change. And you question my style, my taste. (laughs) Meanwhile, are you serious? Like, I've been in the magazines in in the market for, like, best dressed and influential. I taught Dean Thomas how to dress. Uh, Dean still don't know how to dress. I I don't spend money to dress. You understand that? My outfits don't cost money. You don't need money. You need fit. You need things that fit and Mm. work together. And unfortunately, you're a project. So, so me, <laughs> you, and your girlfriend are going to go shopping. I'm going to be Ryan Gosling. You're going to be Steve Carell because you dress like Steve Carell. Oh, wow! In, the, in crazy, stupid love, and I'm going to take you, and, and we're going to spend like literally 200, 200 bucks just to get you the basics. That's all you need. Two. We're going to get you a few items, and then you'll be set. Okay. So uh, I love it. And before I even got to uh, the wine tasting, I got a picture from my girlfriend and my mother in our group chat, and they had purchased me like 22 different items of clothing. And they're gonna like, they said that you're going to stop embarrassing us. They ordered me like two different <laughs> pairs of shoes. They ordered me like these really nice collared shirts and pants, and like they're just not going to let me wear what I want to wear anymore, which oh, is wait, it's fine. You don't need labels. You don't need names. You just need fit. Just Stone, remember that. Stone forgot to mention. Let's get on the other side. We'll get it on the other side. Okay, okay. All right, we'll get it on the other side. I'm nervous. And as you're on the vein, accident attorneys, if you're in an accident, injured on the job, you got workers' comp issues, um, you slip and fall, call Anajar and Levine. They answer the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The consultation is always free. It doesn't cost anything while you are dealing with your situation. Remember, you can't deal with the insurance company on your own, so don't even try. They want to help you take back control of your life. 1-800-747-FREE. 1-800-747-FREE. 800-747-3733 for Anajar and Levine. Take back control of your life. The rest of Stone's Ridiculous Saga plus a check surprise for Stone 
and one of our other teammates, Johnny. We'll get to that. There was a big UFC fan who was in town this week, and on his wish list, there were three things he had to do, and I was one of the things that he had to do, had to meet. Um, we're going to find out what went wrong with that at 1.30 in the morning last night, because that kid is going to join us from wherever the hell he is at 5.05. And the reigning featherweight champion of the world, the UFC champion, the Alexander Volkanovsky is going to be joining the home team in our number two. I expect that sometime after 5.35 p.m. It is the home team on ESPN 106.3. You're listening to Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina. Delivered by Brightline. Live life on the bright side. This is ESPN 106.3. It is 101 degrees here in Las Vegas, and I got to tell you, it feels freaking perfect. No, it feels perfect. Normally, when I'm out here for UFC International Fight Week, it's like 110 to 115. Those 14, 15 degrees, you guys, makes all the difference in the world. Uh, Right now in West Palm, it's 86 degrees, but with the humidity... It feels like 97. Uh-huh. There's 70% humidity where you are. Where I am, there's 16% humidity. It's 102. It's 157 in the p.m. Ugh. And it feels like 102. So which would you rather have? What I got or what you got? I would say us. We got a little breeze going, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I'd say us. You guys, 102 with the dry heat feels like feels like 77. It's perfect. Uh, John C. Cassidy, speaking of the heat, air conditioning the first and last name in air conditioning is john c cassidy and now they are also the first and last name in plumbing your immediate plumbing needs sign up for the cassidy care plumbing program as well as your ac to get a full inspection recommendations you'll save time money and aggravation it's a local family-owned company trusted honesty and integrity they're my people they should be yours too so when you got plumbing needs and ac needs it's john c cassidy 561-863-6750 for john c cassidy all right Tina, the exciting conclusion to uh, Stone's outfit and uh, where you were leading us before the break. Stone didn't even mention that he didn't even show up to the wine tasting last night in his vest. He took the vest off before he got there and didn't even wear it. (laughs) Caved. He caved. He caved. Totally caved to the peer pressure. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he came up actually during our show and up to the window that's to my right that I can see out into the hallway and like pointed at his shirt. So it took me a second to notice. I'm like, he took off the vest. This is the second time we needed Stone to dress presentable. The first was, <laughs> I believe, for the, uh, the foundation event. At the Hard women Rock. changing the game. Oh. No, no, no. It was uh, Sips and Cigars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. With Henry Crockett yes. and his brother, Zach Crockett. Ooh. And, and, and you were going through it about what to wear and you, were, you didn't have what you needed and... We are, we're going to have to take you shopping, bro. He That's went shopping all. for that event. Listen, my, my, my girlfriend purchases all my clothes for me. My mother even helps. She, she, she cares about how I dress, but I just don't follow through with it. You just got to go. You got to stop going through the lost and found box at the Greyhound station. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, hour and two is next. The kid that was dying to meet me, allegedly, uh, the Army Sergeant. He'll be next. And Alexander Volkanovsky joins us in hour two. Home team, live from Vegas on ESPN 1063.